Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. It's a Tuesday. Have you voted yet? Oh, we're going to talk about some things today. Even our devotion is about the direction of a call a friend. Tell him he's on the air. We'll do it right after this. So as you think about today, are you excited or depressed or where are you today? Talking about voting and the process. Boy, it all started for me way back when Dad said he was voting for a guy named Barry Goldwater. Who is that? And I learned a lot about Democrats, Republicans. It's been quite a trip, my friend. But as you're going to find out as days progress here, we're headed in a direction, and it's down regardless. Talking to Dr. Dennis Cuddy about uh, the Illuminati and them basically being in charge of all of this stuff, you kind of get discouraged. Yeah, and, and confused. Who's the author of Confusion? But I'm telling you, friend, get out there, do it. Do as much as you can with what you have today, trusting Jesus Christ. all, And that's the big difference, knowing Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's that first step. Now what do I do? Get into a good Bible-believing church. Make sure you're praying on a regular basis. Serving mankind, fellowshipping. Yeah, those things are all so critical. So America, is she going to be great again? Was she ever great? Talk about some of that stuff today, but uh, that salvation thing's the most important. Make sure today that you know if you died today, and that's possible, that you are going to be in heaven with Jesus. It's a big deal. What in the world is going on? What's going on in America? You know, polls open, what, 5, 6 o'clock this morning on the 5 a.m. in Vermont. Midterm elections going to determine whether Republicans or Democrats control Congress for the final two years of President Biden's term. Fake mail-in President Biden. Republicans are favored to win a majority of the House of Representatives without question, they say. That according to so many surveys out there. But then control of the Senate, that's going to come down to a few key races that are considered just toss-up races between the Dems and the GOP. Inflation, rising prices of gas, food, major issue for voters. They're concerned about that in the 2022 midterms. And the Republicans have also run campaigns attacking the Dema, uh, Democrats for rising crime. The crisis at the southern border, those are two big ones. Oh, they certainly are. Democrats have attempted to make abortion a major campaign issue after the Supreme Court's overturn of Roe versus Wade. But the issue has not been the top concern for the majority of voters in America, according to all public polling. But still, they hammered it. Democrats spent a whopping $320 million campaigning on murdering children. It's called abortion. While neglecting other pressing issues, such as that rising inflation, the economy, the border, crime. Oh, those are killers. According to Ad Impact, Democrats spent only $140 million on ads related to crime and $31 million on addressing inflation, despite inflation hitting a 40-year high, and the economy being the top thing for a majority of voters in America. Where are their heads? Well, you know. Several Democratic candidates have used the topic of abortion to drive their campaigns, running ads and attempting to 
smear those who are in favor of saving the lives of babies. What a demonic group. So obviously one of the big questions, where does the Trumper fit into all of this? He hosted a rally right over here in Dayton, Ohio, at the International Airport yesterday for candidate J.D. Vance. And despite speculation, he stopped short of announcing his 2024 run ahead of the November 15th announcement. Going to be a big announcement, he says. We want nothing to detract from the importance of tomorrow, he said. He still hit all of his favorite targets, including radical Democrats and Giuseppe Biden, and called Nancy Pelosi an animal. He railed against illegal immigrants and criminal gangs and accused Democrats of being soft on crime. He also urged voters to back a series of candidates in Tuesday's election, including yet Florida's Ron DeSantis. A Trump-linked super PAC has spent more than $60 million in five Senate races, and they say his aides are planning to take credit if Republicans regain control of the Senate. Trump called on supporters to deliver a red wave on Tuesday's midterms as he delivered an eve of election speech in the critical swing state of Ohio. Most of it, of course, a big game, and the Democrats are very good at it. Yesterday, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre warned that the midterm results, well, they could really be delayed. Really? We could be a few days for results and how elections are supposed to work, all the counting. Uh-huh. We may not know all of the winners of the elections for several days. Takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. What do you people know about that? Good grief, Charlie Brown. You know it's true. Oh, this one is the truth, and this one is a killer. Senator Michael Bennett, that's a Democrat from Colorado, is getting blasted today by his opponent as radical after his wife got a little mouthy. She was recorded talking to two undercover journalists about how the Democrats shouldn't talk about what is really in that Inflation Reduction Act and how they could defund the police and do it quietly. Susan Daggett, law professor, University of Denver, seen on a video released Monday by Accuracy and Media, arguing that the most successful efforts in Washington, D.C. are the ones that you never see on the front page. At one point in the video, she agrees and laughs with two journalists who mused about Democrats disguising a health and climate bill as something called the Inflation Reduction Act. And everyone with half a brain knew what that was all about. Like so many great things happened in that bill, the male journalist said in the video. Right, you just don't talk about it, Daggett replied. Just, uh, just, uh, yeah, she said. It's all crooked. So if you've listened for any time of all to Hello World, you know how against the left-leaning loonies are, that I think they're all nutcases. In so many ways, uh, they act stupid, they're not, it's demonically led, I believe. They don't even know that. What are you talking about, Greg? Liberal media figures and demonic democratic politicians are questioning the intelligence of any American who would be voting red today or Republican, befuddled by the idea that some could put economic issues over concerns about the state of U.S. democracy. 
While voting rights and threats to democracy are key voting issues, especially among Democratic voters, polling has repeatedly shown that issues such as the economy, inflation, crime, abortion, outperform everything else. However, this has not stopped the media figures, the nutcases, the left-leaning loonies, and the Democrats from blasting their warnings about Republican lawmakers across the country. And basically, what all of these people are saying is that if you vote for a Republican, you are not very intelligent. They go so far as to say that you are stupid. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. So the question remains, who are they? Think about it today. They closed your businesses, schools, churches, closed your beaches, parties, closed funerals, graduation ceremonies, nursing home visits, banned hospital visits, banned dads in the delivery room, banned travel to certain states, even designated what constitutes a real meal. They allowed protest, riots. They allowed anarchists to co-op cities. They allowed the storming of police precincts, assault on peacekeepers, multiple funerals for people that fit their agenda, allowed businesses to be destroyed, allowed gun stores to be closed, allowed statutes to be vandalized and removed, allowed churches to be set on fire, allowed the infringement of all your liberties, really, and allowed our Constitution to be ignored. And the $64 million question, who are they? I don't know, kind of hard to get your mind around some of the things going on. I don't understand some of it today. Like what? Well, the U.S. sees $3.36 billion in Bitcoin. Got that? Stolen from an internet black market. Do you understand that? The Department of Justice said yesterday it got the Bitcoin stash when it raided the home of James Zong, who pleaded guilty to wire fraud last Friday. Zong allegedly stole the crypto pack back in 2013, nine years ago, from the since-shuttered dark web marketplace called the Silk Road. See, I don't get any of it. The seizure marks the government's second-largest crypto recovery ever after $3.6 billion worth that it got from a Brooklyn couple accused of hacking into Bitfinex. Wow, crazy stuff. So they say, with great nepotism comes great responsibility. What? Tyson Foods CFO John Tyson, who's also the son of Tyson's chairman and great-grandson of the founder, was arrested this weekend for allegedly being so drunk that he broke into a stranger's home and fell asleep in her bed. And the weird part? It happened in Washington County, Arkansas. That's the same county where Beyond Meets X. COO was arrested for allegedly biting someone's nose last September. <laughs> what? In business news, the used car market is struggling harder than your uncle's 20-year-old Taurus towing a jet ski trailer. <laughs> In just two trading sessions, half of online car dealers' Carvana's market value has been totally wiped out with its stock price hitting its lowest point on record yesterday at less than $7 a share. Now, the losses haven't stopped rolling for the car dealer since it logged bleak third quarter results last Thursday, reporting a dip in basically every aspect of its business. 
Now, last year, Carvana's market cap clocked in at $60 billion. After its recent breakdown, its current value is $1.4 billion. That's got to be a huge red flag for Carvana and the entire car industry. What else is happening? The Department of Justice is going to monitor polls in 64 areas across 24 states today to guard against election meddling and voter intimidation. Really? Walgreens unit called Village MD has inked a $9 billion deal to buy Summit Health, the owner of everyone's favorite spot for the pandemic testing, City MD Urgent Care Centers. How about this? <laughs> oh my. The National Park Service is warning people not, do not lick Colorado River toads. What in the. Oh. Apparently, the toads release toxins that act as psychedelics. That's when they're smoked. But if you lick the toad, <laughs> it's poisonous. <laughs> oh, where's my gun? So, have you ever wondered what TV news anchors make locally? Probably not all that much, but uh, of a lot of different positions, like General Superintendent of Train Signals for New York City, or the exhibition coordinator for Whitney Museum of Art, or the executive director of fixed income trading for J.P. Morgan, pretty important positions, as well as the news anchor for WCBS-TV Channel 2. Which of those people do you think makes the most money? Without question, the news anchor at the CBS affiliate, a quarter of a million dollars. Just doing the news. And how about those that do the news on Christian radio? <laughs> okay. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Oh, I gotta tell you, many times after doing this radio program called Hello World, I just kind of sit here and in my mind it's... It's so bizarre what is happening. We're going to talk about it on today's devotion further, but that's uh, a crazy mixed-up world. Now, you can make more sense of things if you trust Jesus Christ as Savior and you know your Bible, studying your Bible and praying about all of these things will bring oh, a great degree of sanity back to everything around you. We're so grateful, my friend, that you are here every day listening to the broadcast and hopefully learning a few things here and there. Thank you for your support and continue to support this Christian radio station as they broadcast Hello World every Monday through Friday right here at this time. And we at Greg Patton Ministries, producer of Hello World, are so very, very thankful, and I mean that sincerely. So today's the big day. I'll be heading back to a great America. Was she ever great, and will she ever be great again? My friend, you know there are three ways that you can be unpopular, even in the church today. Now, mark them down. Three ways you can be unpopular. Uh, number one, talk about demons. That'll do it. Number two, talk about the end times, that Jesus is coming soon, and we don't have long on this earth. And number three, and this one's pretty simple, just tell the truth. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 7, starting there at verse 21, that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, that person's going to be able to enter in. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name we always oh, cast out those demons, and in your name performed many miracles. And then I will declare unto you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Matthew seven twenty one through 23, you know, these words are clearly offensive to those who believe that all religions go to heaven. I remember buying a car from a Muslim out in Harlan, Indiana here, not far away, and, and boy, we had some kind of discussion on getting to heaven, and he tried to liken the fact that they came from all over the tri-state area to Harlan, Indiana to buy his cars, and that's the same way you get to heaven, many different ways. I could be correct, he could be correct, you know, but there's also something authoritative, as Jesus is God. According to him, knowing God is the authenticating trademark of every true believer. Being religious, what is that? Being good, trying hard, joining the church, tithing, that's not going to do it. Knowing God will do it. Later, Jesus would define the essence of eternal life in the same way, knowing God. And yet many of today's Christians struggle to articulate what that means. Beyond an elementary understanding of God, of course, is a loving father. Jesus is a friend of sinners. You know, the importance of living the good life and serving others, their knowledge of God doesn't go much deeper than that. Is it any real surprise in America today, then, that the average American's understanding of God is even more shallow than it's ever been in our history? Absolutely. George Gallup stated this, Americans revere the Bible. Okay. But by and large, they don't read it. And because they don't read it, we've become a nation of biblical illiterates in America. Most Christians can't give you the Ten Commandments or even the books of the Bible. A Barna poll found that 12% of Americans believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Another survey discovered that more than 50% of graduating high school seniors thought Sodom and Gomorrah were a husband and wife team. Of course, it comes as no surprise that unbelievers would be ignorant about the Bible. But this pandemic of biblical illiteracy has also infected the church today. Ten years ago, Lifeway Research did a study that revealed that 45% of those who attend church regularly read the Bible while they don't read it more than once a week. 18% say they've never read it at all. And yet, as professing Christians, we claim loyalty and affirmation to the Word of God. These sad realities then bring about a very legitimate question, I think. If those who call themselves Jesus' disciples rarely, if ever, engage the only book that God ever wrote, how can they possibly know for sure that it's Jesus of the Bible that they actually are following? Where do you get your ideas? Where do you get your beliefs about God, life, salvation, your morality, mankind? The end time. Here we go. The end times. If, if you don't get it from the Bible, where? Tragically, a result of this widespread ignorance and lack of interpretation of the Bible, that's produced a generation of churched young people and adults who possess only a surface knowledge of who God is. And if they don't really know Him, then what does this say about the legitimacy of their faith? Perhaps nowhere is this lack of understanding more apparent today that when the subject of God's wrath comes up, we don't like that. You know, we are, we're in a stage of uh, the gospel of positivity, aren't we? 
Some guys' churches are just monstrous thousands preaching a positive attitude message to alleged Christians today. How about the gospel of negativity? How many of the Ten Commandments are negative? Yeah, we don't want to hear about God's wrath. That's not good. Granted, not your typical dinner table discussion. I mean, the subject of God's wrath. It's treated somehow as being taboo, just like demons. Like it's somehow God's dark side, and we don't want to discuss that. We don't talk about it much, in part because it feels negative. We prefer to have a Heavenly Father to be loving and merciful and gracious. He is, of course. He's all of those things in abundance, is he not? His grace is truly immeasurable and indescribable. And yet, in our humanity and spiritual immaturity, our attention is more easily captured by those divine attributes that give us immediate comfort and, and conf we don't want confusion. It's much easier to dwell on the characteristics of God that evoke feelings of tranquility, not terror. And the result for America today, because of the awkwardness that it brings about, we either downplay or we don't even talk about God's wrath. No, that's not going to score us any points. As a matter of fact, we prefer to think, here we go, more positively, the gospel of positivity. We simply dodge any talk about judgments, the coming wrath, and what really awaits the United States of America. But to sidestep the reality of God's wrath is just as negligent as ignoring the love of God. The Bible, the same Bible so many Christians neglect today, paints a portrait of a God who is just, who is righteous, who is wrathful, as he is caring and compassionate. And you need to balance out the scripture today, my friend. Amazingly, none of his attributes compete with the other. None of them are mutually exclusive or cancel out the other either. Rather, they exist and they cooperate in beautiful harmony and holy perfection. So, my friends, you think about today and can we direct America where she's going? Maybe play our part as small as it might be. It's important that we understand all of the principles of the Word of God. It's important that we know our Bible, that we read our Bible. We don't just talk about God and the Bible. We'll discuss this more on the next program, my friend, but I think it's so important today. And again, we think that some political party or some man is going to get us where we want to go. Not going to happen. I think Jesus is coming soon and, uh, oh, well, you need to do the right thing. But uh, most of it's going to be in vain, reference to, again, the direction this country, the world is headed. Put it there. As I talked to Dennis Lawrence, Dr. Dennis Lawrence Cuddy the other day, it's going to be coming up on an interview in Southwest Radio Church. I asked him, what, what's the answer to all of this doom and gloom for America? Well, it's obvious, my friend, Jesus Christ. He's the answer. He's the only answer to all of this, Jesus Christ. If you don't know him today, you need to accept him as your personal savior. Everything else is going to go, oh, like an explosion in so many different directions it already is. But your faith in Jesus Christ will sustain you through all of this. Do it today. And finally, <laughs> making sense of it all, what is the difference between capitalism and socialism? In a capitalist society, man exploits man. In a socialist one, it's the other way around. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, this guy is really scared, and he goes to the police. He said, my talking parrot has disappeared. So why did you come here? Why don't you call the Humane Society? Oh, I'm going to do that, all right. I'm just here to tell you that if you find him, whatever the parrot says, I totally disagree with. <laughs> oh, my, I got to go vote. That's it, my friend, another edition of Hello World. I am Greg Patton. Join me on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. That's it for another day. Have my say. Until tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless you. Enjoy the remainder of your Tuesday.